All right, that was Zeparella with Cashmere. And standing by to join us is my last guest. We had a little uh, glitch in the schedule. We'll have to reschedule Bruce Blackman. Uh, but Tracy Strauss has called in. Very excited to have her on. And she's calling in from Boston. And we're going to talk about her latest book and a lot more. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Janine. Uh, thanks for... Um, I, I was going to say, I, was, I stalked you from finding you on Poets and Writers. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and um, that's how I found some great guests, actually. I love that magazine. and um, It's a great magazine. It's so good. And I really was intrigued by your backstory into writing and obviously your latest book. Could you tell me a little bit about how you gravitated towards writing? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I... I I always remember being in the first grade and my teacher, Ms. Belinsky, every day would say, tell me a story about what happened yesterday after school. And I would start to tell her something and she would say, oh, and then what happened? And then what happened? And I, I guess I got kind of addicted to the response <laughs> of an audience. And so that's, that's great. kind of where it all started. Yeah. That's so cute. And tell me about your, uh, your forthcoming book. It's a Me Too themed self-help relationship book. Right. Um, it's it's called I Just Haven't Met You Yet. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Skyhorse Publishing is releasing it um, in May. Um, it's it's a it's written as an open love letter to my future life partner, and um, it it chronicles the trials and tribulations of my dating life um, from <laughs> the ages of uh, fourteen to about forty one. I love it. And, you know, the serious, the humorous, and, and everything in between. Um, but it's really about, you know, what happens when life doesn't go the way that you planned. And right. I thought I always, I always knew, I thought that I, I knew how I would meet uh, my life partner, you know, Mr. Wright. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> um, you know, my late 20s, early to mid 30s, my, my friends were getting married and having kids, and, and I was still single. And I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And, wow. you know, while, while they were kind of building their lives, I was in therapy, you know, a few times a week coming to terms with, um, with my past and this trauma in my past. Um, sure. And I, I began to understand the ways that those experiences affected the development of my life. And in that process, I had to find a, a way to be hopeful, but I couldn't really imagine what life was going to look like or, or what it could look like if it didn't look like the way my peers' lives were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we um, think a lot of us have this expectation of a timeline of the stages of our life and how it's going to go and what leads to to the next thing. Um, yes, and the older I got, um, the more I uh, wondered if I'd miss my window for those stages of life. And so the book takes a look at the ways um, that my past, including experiences of sexual abuse and assault, uh, mm-hmm. shaped my self-perception and kind of created these obstacles in relationships and, and other parts of my life and the way that I navigated my life. And mm-hmm. it's about how I embarked on this journey to kind of dismantle the effects of it and the stigmas of, of having a, a, you know, trauma in my past and to, to break free of those destructive patterns and relationships that um, that I had because of that, and really to ultimately conquer my fear of truly being seen by the world, if flaws and all. Just, wow. You know, how I am, just, you know, this is me. I, I'm and in, so in the book, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'm in awe because I feel like what you did was, um, you know, 
a very selfless thing where you've said, I'm going to work on myself before I give myself and look for the person I want to be with. Even though I see all my friends going off and getting married, I feel like I've got to deal with my stuff. And I think that's the only way to be in an authentic relationship and one that will work. For mm-hmm. it to be a, a mutual relationship, you know, we have to work on ourselves and get ourselves to where we need to be, taking care of ourselves before we can have a, a really, you know, a real relationship with somebody else. Right. Unbelievable. Was it hard for you to put your backstory into this book? Um, that's a really interesting question. I would say yes and no. So I, I, I've been working on, on the book for probably uh, almost about 10 years in different forms. Wow. And so in, in many ways, you know, it started off as, as a kind of self-exploration. And um, so in that sense, it wasn't, it, it wasn't um, so terribly difficult to put my experiences on the page because I was the only one reading it. Um, And then when I began to share it with others and to get feedback, I began to learn about um, this sort of culturally conditioned response to sexual assault and abuse and this sort of absolute fear that a lot of people have about looking this this terrible truth in the face and confronting it. And yet that's, you know, that's super hard, but it's also the only way that we can transcend it. And so, so you know, along along the path to finally now um, working with a publisher, um, I, I really, it was a real obstacle course of finding people who would understand and, and work and grow along with me and finding mentors who would, um, you know, sort of show me the way. Um, and, and also just learning how to deal with other people who tried to derail me in the process, not consciously, right. not maliciously, but just because of the way that they respond to that kind of content. Is it, Tracy, is it that they felt that this was too raw to write about, that it would be tough to get readership? What was the issue? Um, I think that sexual abuse in particular uh, hits a nerve with people in a way that other other serious topics or other traumas don't. Um, one of the most common remarks that I received um, from agents was that book editors are skittish about sexual abuse stories. Um, some of and some of it may have to do with just you know a, a little bit of, of history of um, of the of, of the cultural movement of talking about sexual abuse and and the way in which in the 80s and 90s we had what was what was called a um, sex abuse hysteria they would label it as and it at the time uh, um, it was more acceptable for writers to publish stories about sexual abuse in the nonfiction form but after that all happened um, it became more taboo and so for much of the early 2000s mid 2000s we really didn't see a lot of stories that uh, non-fiction stories, fiction, fiction actually is a, it's, it's much more accepted because there's a way in which you can mitigate the horror of it. Yeah. But, you know, it's a kind of protective veil. Um, right. But, but to write non-fiction, unless it was presented in a way that was, was salacious or, or if it was written by a celebrity where there's a celebrity draw um, to sell the book, there's, there's a lot of resistance to it. Well, it, you know, it's a very delicate subject, but 
as you can see from obviously politically what's been going on, so many people have come out yeah. to say, me too. Right, exactly. And, and for, for many years I was told that there was no readership for my topic. And, uh-huh. and you know, in, in yeah. reality, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm writing about a, a, a story that contains um, um, moments of sexual assault or abuse, Yes, that is in it as a, as plot points, and that is an experience, but it is not the greater story. So I think you know when when we're writing about Me Too, it's it's not some like titillating tell all or a kind of self serving expose, but it's really about speaking the unspeakable of the human condition, and it's an act of empowerment, I believe, for not just the writer, but for the reader. And it takes, it takes a lot of courage for, for people to commit to that. And, and you know, I, I understand that, but it's also, it, c- it can be very frustrating as well. Right. Um, writing Me Too is really to engage in a conversation, and it's to educate and illuminate, and to do those things by bearing witness to an experience and, mm-hmm. and working to heal from the damaging effects of it. So I, and it's not just about the person, the survivor. It's, it's about being in a relationship with a community. You know, no man yes. or no woman is an island, right? Um, right. So it's, it's, a, it's a very universal story, but the way in which we're culturally conditioned to respond to sexual abuse and assault is to deny it, it's to disavow it, we can't look at that, it's too scary. I mean, murder is actually more acceptable, and no joke. That's crazy. But, um, that is nuts. It really is, really is. I, I could I publish a story about murder or cancer or cutting off my arm to save my life, right? But, but I was told again and again that I couldn't publish about how I sort of metaphorically cut off parts of myself in order to survive sexual abuse because it was such a a taboo subject, and, and I found that unacceptable. And at times I thought it was masochism, but I really think it was just determination to push through that and to find the right people yeah. who understood the importance of that story. Absolutely. I mean, I'm blown away about how many stories c- have come out since the Kavanaugh hearings. I know. I know. I mean, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's such a prevalent, such a prevalent experience, um, I don't know anyone who doesn't know somebody who, you know, everyone, it seems, knows someone who has experienced some form of sexual assault, abuse, harassment, if they haven't experienced it themselves. And it's not just women, it's men as well. You know, yes. it's across the board. Right. So you seem like an incredibly strong person. Whether you Thank consider, you. <laughs> yeah, whether you consider yourself to be one or not, you do. Um how do you, the name of the show is Get the Funk Out, and I'm fascinated yes. with how people take care of themselves, and how do you stay so resilient and focused on, you know, your direction and not getting swayed by all the opinions? Well, I have my bad days. I definitely have my bad days, but mm-hmm. I think for me, um, for me, it's, it's all about not allowing what happened to me keep me down. Um, it's about trying to push through and, um, and find the, the life that, um, that I'm meant to, to live. And um, so that sounds a little abstract and esoteric, but like in a more concrete way, you know, I, I teach Zumba, and that's one of the things that really is, is almost like a, 
um, a transcendental experience at right. times for me and for, for others in the class. We, we escape the world, and we were in this room together, and we're dancing our hearts out. You know, we're just we're celebrating ourselves. We're leaving all the stress behind. Um, I do have to say that I uh, didn't always feel that way about Zumba. Um, a few years ago, I um, would not go into a Zumba class. I just, I was, I was just super afraid um, that I would make a fool of myself. Oh yeah, and, um, I hear you. Yeah, and it's. I think it's. It's. It kind of became a, a metaphor for myself in my life. Like you know, if I really wanted to do something, but I was afraid. I was afraid that I would fail, or I was afraid I would look like an idiot, or whatever. I couldn't do it. And but I was watching these these people in this class for a year. I spied on this class. I was <laughs> on the stairmaster, and I was watching the class, and they just were dancing so freely and passionately, and it looked like so much fun. And finally, really, it took me about a year, I actually went in to the class. And mm-hmm. and I realized, you know, I had actually been walking around as this disembodied person. I'd cut off my awareness of my own body because of um, sexual assault and abuse. And I had done a lot of psychological work, but I hadn't actually realized how much I held in my body. And so it became this really transformational moment where I just like, opened up and I had this super accepting teacher and, and he, just, he just allowed people to be who they were. And, um, and it. it became, yeah, it just became this, this refuge to, to go to Zumba class. And so I, I've been doing it ever since. I mean, this is a great story. You went from watching to thinking I could never do that to now you you teach it at the Y. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Di- different places in Boston, the sports club, Cambridge Athletic Club. I mean, who would have thought, right? <laughs> exactly, and it, and you know, and I and I feel like it really changed my outlook on life. What what we may think impossible for ourselves may really be possible, but you don't know unless you go for it and you break through that fear. And you just, you try it out and see what happens. Now, we have to wrap up soon. So did you meet the person that you thought you would meet? And, and so <laughs> where? Well, you'll have to read the book to find <laughs> out. But, um, no, it, it, uh, no, I have not yet. But That's this okay. is a, a book written to that person. Mm-hmm. And um, I have tried so many different ways to meet my life partner. So, this might be my last way. No, <laughs> we'll no. See. You, we'll see. Don't you know that it happens when you least expect it? That's what they say. It's so true because when I was living in Boston, I was, uh, I was thinking about writing a book called Wiley, When You Least Expect It, and I collected stories of how people met. And I'm telling you, you're gonna, you could meet somebody in you know, the laundry room or um, a doctor's office anywhere. I met my husband. Right. I met my husband in a bookstore. I went in to get a newspaper, and I decided to jump off the, the train in Boston at the very last moment, and I wasn't going to, and it was just a fluke. That's awesome. I so love it. You never know. Where you, you, you know, never know. You can't plan it. There's no way. Right. I could meet someone on the bus today. Right. Yes. Who knows. Exactly. Then I'd have to, I might have to write another chapter in the book, but, you know, <laughs> that'll be my next book. That will be the next book. That will be the next is. book. Yes, yeah, exactly. I once met somebody on the, on the T in Boston, and then he asked me to get off, and I'm like, no, I don't you know. I mean, good looking and everything, but I was like, could be like a creepy stalker. And then yeah. I ran into him at the gym, and I thought, okay, you know, 
well, this has got to be meant to be if you keep running into this person, you know. So you just have to play it out and be safe and smart and listen to your gut. Exactly, exactly. Listening to your gut. Your gut is never wrong. Exactly. So where can people find out more about you, Tracy? Um, Well, um, they can go to my website. It's tracystrauss.com. And um, there's more information there. There are links to um, some of my articles, including the uh, Poets and Writers article um, that you mentioned earlier on in the show. And there are um, also links to social media, Facebook, Twitter. I'd love for people to get in touch. Fantastic. And I'm one of those people that would just be watching for at least a year the Zumba class. So maybe I'll try a class. I don't know. You should come to my class sometime. You could be my guest anytime. I'd have to come to Boston. So next time I'm in Boston, maybe? Yes, yes, definitely. All right. Definitely. Excellent. It'll be lots of fun. It'll be totally fun. I would love it. Okay. I'll I'll have to hide in the back, though. (laughs) (laughs) We all hide in the back. Even I hide in the back. But it's, it's all good. We're all there. All at once. Excellent. So All right. It'll Tracy. be a lot of fun. Yep. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I'll keep in touch. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thank, thank you, Janine. Bye-bye. That was Tracy Strauss calling in. And if you missed any part of this, all the info is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I'll upload our conversation within an hour or so. Again, that was Tracy Strauss talking about her uh, latest book, I Just Haven't Met You Yet, A Modern-Day Bridget Jones Diary Meets Eat, Pray, Love. All right, that's a wrap for me. If you want to find out about being a guest, you can send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. Have a great week, everyone. I'll be back next week. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.